Vega Mortgages. Escape high rates and embrace your financial freedom today. On the huddle this evening, Tim Beveridge, News Talk ZB host, Jack Tame host of Saturday mornings and Q&A. Lads, hello. All right, let's start with Kitty Allen. Tim, how bad is this? Another minister in trouble. It just makes it just adds to the impression that Labor's top sort of troops are spread very, very thin on the ground. Um, so yeah, I think it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the reason is, I, I look and it, you know the, the the reason given it, it's a tough one because as soon as someone raises mental health questions, it's sort of like a it sort of basically says to everyone, back off because of the 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 way we we should approach mental health issues. <laughs> but I must say, I also get the feeling that this is just a situation that's being managed in a PR sense, and there's more to it than meets the eye. But of course, what do you do once somebody raises the mental health flag? It's sort of like back off, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But I, I, I mean, yeah, on the mental health stuff, maybe we will back off. But Jack, I suspect on the, the behaviour in the office, we will not back off. And the interesting thing about this is that Chris Hipkins clearly knew about it when he gave her the portfolios. Yeah, I think I think there's a really important distinction to make here from what we understand at the moment. There is the there is the relationship with staffer behaviour issue, and then there's the mental health issue. And I think everyone, regardless of their job, is you know perfectly entitled to taking mental health leave for personal reasons. That's totally fine. I know that Kitty Allen in her Instagram post says that she's coming back to work, and and therefore I think it's entirely reasonable that as a senior cabinet minister she should be expected to ask all manner of questions regarding this incident. Um, from what we understand about the incident at the moment, well, we don't know a whole lot of detail. I know that there hasn't been a formal complaint. So when you say the prime minister was made aware of this, yeah, we knew about it. You're 100% right. He did know about it. I suppose he might feel like it didn't cross a threshold where he felt that it maybe meant that he he couldn't entrust Kitty Allen with certain portfolios because a formal complaint hadn't been made and and it hadn't crossed that threshold. But, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what she has to say about it over the next couple of days. And and although I think she's entirely entitled to to mental health leave and to take a bit of a break from time to time, as as many of us in many high-pressure jobs do, I also think as a senior cabinet minister, now that she's back at work, she should be expected to answer these questions. I feel like we should start taking bets, Tim, on who's next. (laughs) <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, they're falling over at such a rate of knots. It's got, I mean, there's only about 20 of them, surely. Do you want to have a punt? Uh, no, I look. I, I, to be honest, I can't think who's left um, that that would... Uh, I reckon Willie. Think, well, Willie looks like trouble. Well, well, Willie looks like trouble. Willie the... Yeah, I reckon yeah, okay, I've got money on Willie. Hey, um, Jack, do you like the toll or not? Um... I mean, I don't like tolls. No, I don't like. I don't like. Um, I don't like. I don't like tolls. But then we've got to pay for this road somehow. And I actually. Um, but you already pay I for think, it because it's just the maintenance. You're paying for that through your petrol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But otherwise, you're paying for it through the land transport fund, right? Yeah. So the money comes from somewhere. It comes from taxpayers either way. But this you're way, making, the Jack, you're, making using the, the you're killing people and making the climate worse. Well, I think either way, we're making the climate worse by having the road. I don't. I mean, I don't love roads, but I think the roads are necessary. Love roads. And, and, and I also think that David Parker was spot on. Like, if you, if you actually go and carefully read the reporting, Michael Wood received two conflicting piece of ad, pieces of advice. So the Ministry of Transport said one thing. Waka Kotahi said the other thing. He chose to go with the tolling option. I, maybe, the, maybe the more important question is, why are these two lead agencies for transport projects, Waka Kotahi and the Ministry of Transport, giving directly contrasting Because Waka Kotahi is completely mental. That's why. Tim, did you hear Jack just say, I don't love roads? Yeah. Um, I don't know what to make I don't know what, I don't to, know do what to make of that either. Jack, would you like <laughs> to never use a road again because you don't like them? 
No, no, no. I, okay. I provided a little bit of context there. I, I don't, I don't love <laughs> doing to fly anywhere. Yeah, but I, I use roads. I think roads are necessary. I think uh, we should invest in new roads. But I also don't think that roads are the solution to everything. Oh, I love roads. Hey, guys, we'll come back to you. Want you, want you take on why the police trust is falling? Back of the huddle, right, Tim? What is your take on why the police trust and confidence is falling? Oh God, it's it's uh, there's so many things, but I think probably uh, I did notice that uh, Andrew Costa talked about he I seemed to blame it on the the word commentary. The commentary yeah. around the police has shifted, and I detected that it was like it's sort of not our fault. It's what people are saying about us, yeah. which I guess means politicians and media. Um, but I think the whole policing by consent thing. Um, and, and just what we see, I mean, I had a friend whose son was seriously assaulted and the police just said, oh, we saw we can't make it there at the moment. And he said, well, you, you better call an ambulance then because when I find these guys, I'm going to put them in hospital. And they turned up all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, I just think that there's this vibe that the police are not going to be there when they're needed. And the expression, the thin blue line is, it, you know, it's an old expression. It reminds you that, the, you know, the police can't do everything. But yeah, I, I, I think that they've been sort of architects of their own misfortune in this, but just because of the way they um, they communicate about the policing by consent. It's a police service now. It's no longer a police force, but there's so much more to it. It's all about resources and a, a whole lot, a lot of things. But yeah. What do you uh, reckon, Jack? Um, I, I reckon when there's a perception that crime rates are increasing, and especially with the brazen nature of some of the high-profile crimes over the last year, like RAM raids, for example, then this isn't entirely unsurprising. I mean, we've seen gang numbers increase quite substantially over the last few years. Like I say, there feels to be a lot more brazen crime, which is kind of directly linked with uncertain economic times as well. So, yeah, I don't think this is terribly surprising. I don't think it's necessarily the the fault of the police. I'd be interested to also um, consider what the kind of Black Lives Matter movement in the US has done to perceptions here. I think it's pretty unreasonable to suggest that the New Zealand police operate in the same way that some of those um, US police departments work. But it's been interesting that over there, there has been so much focus on how police um, Jack, go about you, their I mean, job. And, talking, I, and I'd just be interested to see if those when we're talking about the black, When we're talking here. about Black Lives Matter, we're talking about yeah. cracking down too hard, right? That is literally the yeah, opposite. Yeah of the problem that we have with the police. I, I wonder if, you know, the, this idea that police are babysitting the iwi checkpoints, waving through the gangs in a portiki like they're VIPs, not turning up, that seems to be, I think, the crux of the problem, don't you? I, I think those perceptions are the crux yeah. of the problem. Yeah, yeah, I do. But, but I mean, it's a, what, 79 to 69, so a 10% um, change in, in, in trust levels. I, I think you're right that predominantly people think that maybe police are being too soft or that police are letting people um, get away with ram raids. They're seeing more gang members in their communities and those kinds of things. And that, that's the biggest impact on those trust levels. Right. But I'd also be interested to see if on the other side of the coin, some of that focus on policing in the U.S., has bled through to some people's attitudes here. Maybe not a majority I don't know, Tim. of the what population, do you reckon? but some I don't reckon, attitudes. Tim. What do you think? No, I, I think it's more a reflection of what we hear coming from police headquarters. I don't think... That, I, I would be surpri- surprised if people don't trust the average boy and girl in blue. You know, I, I think that the frontline police... Um, they do an amazing job. But, I mean, I know a couple of police officers who've left literally because of the frustration on the edicts that come out of police headquarters about not being able to follow up on things. Um, we know that the police chase rule has changed a bit now. But it was just there's just a general frustration, I think, that the orders that go to the frontline police about what they can and can't do favour the crims a bit too much. 
All right, Jack, I don't know if you strike me as a Swifty, but are you going? Oh, God. I'm, I'm not going. Uh, I'm not. Do you know what? If it, was, if it were Taylor Swift's first couple of albums and she was playing in New Zealand, I would consider going. I, I really enjoyed her first couple of albums. I hadn't been into her music for a long time. Uh, if it were Kanye West doing like a greatest hits tour, then I would go to that. But yeah, Taylor Swift, not my cup of tea. All right, Tim. No, Tim, what am I, I doing? You're not a Swifty at all. <laughs> Actually, I just, I just don't get it at all. I just um, have you I've come on, no Tim. Idea. You're not that old. Have you never ever been completely enamoured with a musician as a young person? Not to the extent that I think I'm going to cry myself to death. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I just don't. I'm sorry. I just don't get how people's perceptions on what's important in life hinges so much on whether you're not can people, get Tim. They're like twelve year olds. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't have much of a memory of, of, of okay. being a twelve year old girl, so I just can't. I just, it's, you know. I think it's gorgeous. <laughs> I think it's absolutely gorgeous, and I hope oh, that they God, stay no. as innocent as that for a long time, guys. It's good to talk to you. I appreciate it. That's Tim, Tim Beveridge, and Jack Tamer huddle this evening. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.